is that time of the week for the Cubs Weekly Podcast, presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs, an exclusive home of Cubs checking. Open online today at wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. As always, Elise Meneker here, your host with Cubs reporters, Tony Andraki, Andy Martinez. Guys, we've got a packed pod today. And something that we started last week that went so well when Andy and I were guessing who in trivia, we're doing it again. No, it's been really fun. So I'm glad that we're kind of incorporating this and I get to ask the question this week. So you guys are guessing. And so we're just going to get right into it. We do have a couple of interviews coming up in the pod um, with some very special guests. You're going to want to stick around for that. Just kind of a little tease there, but for now we're going to have some fun. Who was the last Cub? to hit a home run from both sides of the plate in the same game. And I want to give a clue, but I feel like you're going to like, it is someone who will be top of mind based on the last 24 hours. But if I say. So was was it Caratini? Yeah, you're right. Oh, it is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was going to guess Ben Zobris. I don't remember Caratini ever doing that. So it was on July 3rd, 2019 at Pittsburgh. The Cubs lost 6-5 and Kimbrell was on the mound and couldn't close it out. Rare situation. So then a follow-up to that, who was the last Cub to hit a home run from both sides of the plate in the same inning? Now that's kind of crazy. Oh, I just saw this on uh, on oh, on Marquee Sports Network, actually. It was on, it was oh, on a okay. program, but I can't remember the name. I can I just remember the... The video of it but i can't remember who it was i think it was in milwaukee wasn't it he's just he's the only cub and one of three the, players in mlb history to do this was, was the game in milwaukee where it happened yeah you're right it was i just saw the video oh man it's, it's crazy me. that you get that andy and not the players yeah too. that's pretty good yeah it was in um, august 29th it was an all fielder wasn't it cub yes I think at least August something. I believe so. What's that? August 29th. Um, if you give the year, would it be too much of a hint? 2002. 2002. Seeing what else I can give you. Gosh. Infielder, infielder, infielder. Not outfielder. That's what I wanted to check. Couldn't remember. Two runs in the same inning. An infielder, 2002, Milwaukee, August 29th. I'm going to look up some other stuff to see what else I can. Um, I, I'm totally stumped. I can't remember. I mean, I'm thinking, like, I think Nafi Perez was a <laughs> switch hitter, but I don't think he did that. Okay, I'll give you the first initial. That's We're just going to go that route right now. All right, all right. F. All right. M is first name, first initial. B is last name, first initial. Oh, oh, I got gotcha. you. Mark Bellhorn. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. Nice job. Oh, All right. Man. Nailed it. That was good. It didn't take us as long. <laughs> no, that was <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was a really good one. Good job, was, Kyle. Yeah. yeah, that was a really good one. So credit to Kyle for giving us good trivia questions today. So thank you. <laughs> it is fun to start with those. And like we're kind of finding, you see, like the Re- Re- Revelance, Victor Caratini, yeah. relevance. Did I say relevance? Relevance? <laughs> it's the it's the sequel to Leonardo DiCaprio's new movie, The Revenant. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. We're fine. We're totally fine. Starting off strong here. Okay. You know who else is starting off strong after his rehab stint? Seiya Suzuki. 2-0 pitch. Suzuki gets a hold of one. Back that goes. Off the wall and left center and a 
Good ricochet for Seiya, heading for third. They're gonna wave him in. Suzuki heads for home, the throw to the plate, not in time. Seiya Suzuki touches them all. And the Cubs grab a 2-1 lead off of Josh Hader. Inside the Parker, uh, I'll start with you guys, just Tony. Um, immediately, what are you feeling in his return? Your thoughts just seeing him at the plate in game one? Yeah, you know what? To be honest, my first thought from that all is like, he looked really fast. I mean, <laughs> that, that ball bounced far, right? You know, from left center all the way to right center. But, uh, but like the Brewers retrieved it quick. They had a pretty good relay, but Seiya was just motoring around the bases. So that was my biggest takeaway is, you know, after a month off, he was, he still was able to, you know, propel himself so quickly around the bases, but he's been able to do that. He's been able to run. It was just his finger that was limiting catching and swinging. So his speed looks really good. And, and also just the fact that he was on time to, to be able to, you know, drive that pitch to, to left center field. Uh, but that was the biggest takeaway for me, I think, was his speed and how good he looked running around the bases on that particular play. Yeah, for me, I, you mentioned it, you know, it was off Josh Hader, who was, who was you know, you know what yeah, he is and that, you know sure. who you know what he can do um just being there i when he hit it um where the press box is in milwaukee you can you've got you have a really good vantage point of everything and you could kind of tell that was probably going to go off the wall so you're thinking double um and then you're seeing uh davis jonathan davis the center fielder you know track the ball and you see him going back and you're like oh that might be that the way it's carrying he might be able to get to third um and then when it bounced my immediate reaction is like, he's going to have a shot. Like he can make it. And as he's getting to third, Davis does not have the ball yet. He's probably, you know, three quarters of the way, maybe a little bit closer to third and the ball is not retrieved. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a close play. Um, and credit to Davis because he made a heck of a throw on the, on the turn um, when he retrieved the ball. And then Adamus made a heck of a throw home. Suzuki just got in on time. And the best part about that was after the game where Suzuki, he's asked what he's thinking. And he goes, I was hoping Willie Harris was going to tell me to stop. Yeah, he was saying, stop me, stop me, because <laughs> yeah. he was so tired. Right. His legs were getting a little tired. You um, saw in the dugout after with Morrell and Magic. Yeah, like, all yeah, right, exactly. panic him down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that was, uh, and that's who Seiya is, right? You know, he's had plenty of moments like that where he has those funny interactions and and funny, you know, one-isms, you know, where he, yes. remember when he was given the chocolate with David Ross in spring training. Yeah. Um, so he's he's definitely that kind of character. Uh, it, it was a really electrifying, exciting play to watch i've never seen an inside the park home run live so that was really really cool to see yeah i think like there were i had no thoughts uh in the moment i was just like oh 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 oh, oh. like he keeps going you know and then i think with you it's funny that you mentioned the speed tony because my thought it was like that reminder of like oh yeah his finger is just hurt like not his leg it wasn't this major like injury yeah. or like he's he's still got it like and i think um seeing him in iowa leading up to this, he looked really good. So his at-bats in Iowa, he, he was on time, still very disciplined, and he looked really strong. And so then going into uh, the game against the Brewers, it really, he was just picking up right where he left off really in Iowa. Um, so for me, it was exciting too, to see that. Uh, you kind of get the feeling too, that um, how perfect for someone who hadn't played in over a month to get back out there and have that inside the parker like who's probably so anxious to get out there doing anything like he's going all the way it was just a really fun moment and uh he just continues to be a really fun player to watch develop and just has um these moments that are sparks for the cubs and that's why he's so important 
in this lineup. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the pod that we have some interviews in today's. Now, the first one in today's podcast. So the first one we're going to start with is actually um, very unique in that I talked to a woman by the name of Mira Emma, and she is a grounds crew intern for the Cubs. So very cool. She works on the field every single day, and she's just going to kind of get a give us a glimpse into her job, how she got into it and all of that. So let's take a listen. Mira, thank you so much for joining the pod. We're really excited to have you. Um, first, I just kind of want to start from the very beginning. So as a grounds crew intern, what got you interested in pursuing that path? So, well, thank you for having me. Um, but no, it's been a crazy ride. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, when I, I started mowing grass when I was six years old. Okay. So, and, um, <laughs> yeah. So that was one of my hobbies that I like to do, but I grew up playing baseball with the boys for seven or eight years. And I always had to be out there on the field before and after making sure that the field was all nice and perfect so we could play on it. Um, and when I started getting recruited for soccer, I kind of needed to find my path and what I wanted to do. And I was sitting at the kitchen table with my mom one night and she was like, well, what if you, you know, go into grounds of some sort, like we found turf grass. And I was like, what is that? And so it kind of started narrowing my options down. I found Iowa State, which is, you know, one of the top in the, the country for um, turf grass management. And that's kind of where it took off. My brother and I in high school started our own mowing business. So we go up and down the streets and we just mow um, and basically help out any neighbors that we needed to. And now at Iowa State, you play soccer there. So you get kind of the best of both worlds, getting to pursue your dream job and playing the sport that you love. So I want to go back to six-year-old you then. What was it just about like wanting to mow grass? Like what is the appeal? Or like before and after baseball games, like wanting to make sure that the field looks really nice. I honestly, I've always watched my dad every day. He, not every day, but every other day, you know, mowing, mowing and um, just seeing like, I think the patterns and just how perfect it looked. And then going out and playing in the yard, whether it was soccer, baseball, or really whatever it was, the grass was always nice and perfect. <laughs> I love it. And when then you talk about like your path and your mom mentioned to you, like, why don't you pursue like a career in this? So when it comes to pursuing, um, you know, wanting to be a groundskeeper, how do you go about it? I know obviously there are schools um, that have majors in this, but where did you kind of even begin? Was that just it? Were you kind of like almost Googling, you know, schools that have this major? Yeah, basically we started Googling and looking up um, what turf programs there were and the strength of it. And, you know, I've been really blessed to have found Iowa State to one play soccer and to two experience, you know, the journey of becoming a groundskeeper and all those connections that I've made through there. It's, it's pretty remarkable. And so you are a full-time intern. And so you are very lucky in that you basically, you know, are on your path to, they are very close to pursuing your, your dream job when you graduate uh, this year. And so what now as an intern does your role entail? So right now I'm, Dan is awesome. And I'm super blessed to have, um, walked into a crew that's wel welcomed me into open arms. Um, they treat me like one of the guys, which is how I like it. But um, it's it's awesome. He wants us to get hands-on, full experience with everything. Um, I've been, like I said, extremely blessed with learning from Iowa State and bringing my knowledge into here. And I've learned so much more just being um, mowing, uh, spraying, 
making sure the soil moistures are right, making sure the clay, working with different types of clay, um, breaking, dragging, like all those different pieces that go into it. And especially working here, it's so precise on this is just baseball and not necessarily other sports. So you're putting all your time and effort into the little things, little details. And you are from uh, the suburbs of Chicago. And so to walk into Wrigley that first day and to know that like, this is kind of your playground almost for the year. What was that like? It was surreal. Honestly, I walked down the stairs. I remember I was like, yeah, like, you know, I know I'm close to the field. Obviously I'm in the stadium, but I was walking with Graham and he just turns the corner and goes, yep. And here's the field. And I was like, wow, <laughs> there it is. I'm on, like, I'm literally on Wrigley field right now. I grew up going to Cubs games grew up a diehard Cubs fan my grandpa was crying when they won the World Series so I mean oh. it, it just means so much to my family and also just to me to be able to come back home basically and what goes into taking care of Wrigley because of course it's not just any other field any other stadium um, there is a look to it and it, you know we start with the Ivy in the outfield and even what can go into that but what is it that sticks out to you when it comes to taking care of Wrigley that's really important I say obviously the Ivy Ivy's unique in itself. Um, but I think just how like the historic um, background that it has compared to all the other stadiums and the different type of grass, it has a little bit lighter color than other oh, stadiums. Okay. Um, that's just, it's more traffic tolerant and it's easier to um, use when, you know, there's a lot of games being played in a short period of time, at least. Um, but just how everything's all green, like you can tell all, everything's painted green, the scoreboard's green. Um, <laughs> it's always been a dream to go up in the actual scoreboard. And I was able to do that and look cool. down and it's, it's pretty, it's surreal. <laughs> I know that you've learned a lot at Iowa State. You said that you've taken a lot of that knowledge into this internship. What have you learned then in this internship that maybe you haven't learned in school yet? That's really valuable. I the biggest thing is using different equipment and I've used equipment previously, but here it's, you know, different between real mower and rotary motor. It's the, you know, the way it spins and the different um, types of blades that are used, um, raising and lowering those blades, um, just making sure that you have a, you know, a crisp, clean cut every time you mow. You mentioned that as part of this group, they treat you like one of the guys and you like that. Uh, exactly. Because there's probably not many women out there. This is more of a male dominated field. So explain to me kind of what it's like um, out there with the guys, if you will. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so much fun. And, you know, this is a passion driven job. So um, everything you do, you're, you got to put a smile on your face and have fun with it. But one thing that they drive home really um, that is awesome here is that it's all about your personality. And, you know, whether you spend so much time here, you spend more time here than when you are at home or with your family or really anywhere. So if you're not, you know, getting along with the guys, you're not, you know, laughing, cracking some jokes here and there, it's, it's going to be tough working. So when you come to a place where you kind of forget that you're working because you're having so much fun, that's when you know you're in the right place. Take me through a day. You mentioned all the hours that you spend there. So say there's a, a Friday 120 first pitch. When are you at the field and when do you get to leave? And what kind so, of happens in that time? Yeah, no, it's it's a lot. Um, but we're here probably at 645 in the morning um, and we prep the field. So it's I, there's three other I'm one of three interns. So we'll either be on the mound, home plate or bullpen and we get to rotate through every homestand. Um, so 
you know, whatever duty you're, you're on, you prep that your area. Um, and then, you know, you're mowing, there's a morning crew that comes in, kind of takes a little bit, um, off of you who's coming in a little bit later, but, um, yeah, so we'll mow, we'll prep the, our areas, um, kind of make sure that, you know, the baselines and the foul lines are all, um, painted and stringed out and lined. Um, and then we, we get a little break in there and then come back, we get lunch, um, set up BP, set up grounders, uh, making sure the tarps are all down for the teams, making, basically making sure whatever the both teams need that it's done. Um, it's all set up. My favorite is walking the big old turtle down the side, the big batting cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, cause that thing I think is taller than me, but, um, <laughs> no. And then basically wait for them, the teams to get on, get off, um, take everything down, come back, fix up any um, areas that they kind of ripped up or that need to be perfected and then get on with the game. And then when it's done, you have to clean it all up, right? Exactly. So we'll sit down in a rain room, in the rain room for basically the whole uh, game between the third, fifth and seventh, we'll go out and drag. And then we'll come back in. Once the game's done, we'll go out, make sure it takes about 45 minutes to an hour, not too bad after. Usually we're getting out around five-ish, 5.30. Okay. So, yeah. I always see, like, at any field, um, you guys are raking, and you just go over it and over it. Like, how do you know when you've reached the point where it is good enough for game? (laughs) Um, Basically, until you don't see any uh, pile-ups or any big holes. Um, And uh, you could just – you could continuously just spin in a circle on the mound. (laughs) Um, but yeah, usually use a broom first because the broom will level everything out. Okay. Um, and then you'll use, you'll tip it up to use the bristles of the broom that takes out oh. all the lines. So it's a clean sheet. I would think there is a perfectionist quality that all of you have and like an obsessive quality, right? Because <laughs> I, you know, even myself, I'm like, man, I would be going over that forever and really making sure it's perfect. Oh yeah. I was going to say OCD really kicks in. If, <laughs> if you thought you had it or not, it definitely <laughs> you have in. it now. Right? I was going to say, I watch a baseball game. And it's completely different now. Cause I look at the patterns. I look at the infield. I don't even watch the game really anymore. Really? <laughs> So you're seeing it how you're like, oh man, we gotta go fix that. We gotta exactly. Yep. <laughs> Finally, um, if someone's interested in pursuing this, really, man or woman, like, what would you say to them, and how can they even get started? Honestly, I'd say you know, follow your dreams. If this is something that you really want to do, it's like I said, it's a passion-driven job. So you're not going to get paid the big bucks all the time, and it's not necessarily all sunshine and rainbows, but. Um, it definitely pays off. Like you're, you're constantly by, you know, in an environment of professional athletes, that's, I think is really cool. Um, But I'd say just reach out to, you know, any grounds crew or any um, management around you. Um, But yeah, I, like I said, it's, it's passion driven. So (laughs) And you have that. If, if it is a woman who wants to pursue it, what would you say to her? Because it is a male dominated industry. Um, so she doesn't feel intimidated and that it is open, obviously, for her as well. Right. No, it is. I mean, it is kind of tough. Sometimes it has its uh, pros and cons, but you got to have a little bit of thick skin. But at the same time, you got to be able to you got to be able to fail a little bit because you're not going to learn um, if you don't and just kind of own it and be brave in everything that you do. Believe that you can do it. 
and just move on. I mean, last time I looked, I think it was a 97% male and 3% female. Oh, wow. So it's, it's very male dominant, but I mean, if you put your mind to it, you can do anything. Yeah, I'm with you. And it sounds like when you have the passions there, you kind of go through the ups and downs and whatever it takes, you just kind of make it happen. So exactly. I with you on that and congratulations on a great internship. I'm excited to see you move forward. Hope to see you back at Wrigley. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, once you're done <laughs> with school. Uh, it was really cool to talk to you and to learn about this. So thank you because we see you guys all hard at work. So now it's kind of fun to see like what you're looking at out there. And now I know when you're raking or you know, <laughs> you're doing, we have an idea now. Yes. So Mira, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Get your Wintrust exclusive debit card. Get your Cubs card. Ooh, I'll take one. How much? Actually, they pay you $300. You heard right. Get a $300 bonus when you open a Cubs checking account with Wintrust. Enjoy all perks and purchase with pride every time with your Wintrust Cubs debit card. $300? What? $300? Get your exclusive card at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. Only $100 required to open. No monthly minimum balance and no monthly maintenance fees. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. And we are back here on the Cubs Weekly Podcast. It has been a fun week for many reasons. One of them is because the legend of Fabian keeps growing. He's not even a legend. It's all real. He, he makes the plays. He does big things. Uh, Andy, you got a chance to talk to him about his like recent rise to fame. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome getting to, getting to meet Fabian. And, and funny story, we actually grew up a block away from each other. No, you did really? Yeah, we, wow. we were talking pre our interview and found out we were living a block away from each other. And where his was mom, that? Yeah, his mom, uh, his mom runs a corner store that I used to go to every day in Cicero. So it was just a funny, it's like a small world thing that, you know, we were just so close and it was, it was great to get to know him and get to tell his story, get to, get to learn a little bit about him and, and the, the jam-packed week that he, uh, that he's been through. So let, let's take, let's take a listen to that. Hey everyone, Andy Martinez here. I'm here with Fabian, the man of the hour, the man of the week. Yeah. Fabian, I gotta ask, uh, what was that day like where you're going viral everywhere? Like, I mean, everyone's talking about you. What was that day like? Uh, it was actually a pretty cool day to start off with. Uh, Rafael Ortega came up to me, told me how much he respected my game, uh, how much he respected how much hard work we put in, and uh, he just wanted to show me love before he even started the game. So that was surreal just to get to interact with those guys. And then as the game started on, I know I got a play early on, like a foul ball. Uh, and then right behind me, I got fans telling me right away, hey, you're blowing up on Twitter. They're talking about you. Uh, so it started there, really, from the first, second inning. Did you believe people? Did you believe them? I did, because I, uh, with my watch, I can see that message yeah. come in. And you can start to see like the images, the Hall of Famer shirt. Uh, and I couldn't believe it until I really got home at the end and saw everything posted. I gotta ask, there's been like a lot of memes, a lot of like yeah. photoshops, yeah, yeah. which have you had a favorite one that you've seen? Oh man, <laughs> honestly right now, there's uh well the winning streak one was great, yeah. where they photoshopped my fingers to add the four. Uh, I think the, the shirt though, has to be my favorite. The obvious shirt? Yeah, cause uh, Ian have his, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, how many do you really have? Like, be honest with us, how many? One, just there's one. just the one. The second one's in production. Okay. We're still trying to figure out an idea. But the first one's doing pretty well, I think. Yeah. Uh, I know some people have ordered it. They're coming in any day now. Uh, it's just really exciting to have something like that. What, so, okay, so I gotta ask, why did you want to do this job? Like, what was it about this job that like appealed to you? Uh, I, uh, I applied to the Cubs a lot, 2008, 2012, 2014. 
And then I started working somewhere else, like a BNSF uh, train sure. container spot. And I just wasn't happy. I was making money, I was working these crazy hours, and I said, you know, if I'm gonna do something with my life, I'm gonna be happy for it. Yeah. And I said, the Cubs are the only thing I've ever wanted to do. And I said, screw it. I'll work for the grounds crew. That's yeah. what I applied for. They took too long to answer back, and security hired me. And when I started with security in 18, a lot of gates, a lot of interacting with the crowd and the bleachers. From then on, I was working uh, closer to the dugout, closer with the players, and finally in 2020 is when I got the call to work down here. The call up per se. Exactly. And then COVID hit us. Yeah. So I had to wait. When 21 came, they took away our ball boys and girls. So we kind of got that hybrid position. That's why you see me with a glove now. We kind of have to do both jobs. Yeah. So uh, ever since 21, I've been down here, but full time this year, my first every single game so far. You got a lot of uh, love for your fielding percentage, a thousand percent fielding percentage. <laughs> uh, I got to ask, did you play baseball growing up? How, what was your background in the, in the sport? Oh man, I did. Uh, I love playing baseball. I love watching it. Uh, I played since I was three years old. I played at South Cicero Baseball. Okay. Uh, I played a little bit in high school. They didn't like that I was playing a lot of sports. I was playing football and other things, so yeah. I didn't get to finish out actually. I didn't get to finish out my varsity years because of that. But uh, I finished up when I was like 18, 19. And for some reason, I just stopped playing, but I always had it with me. Yeah. Uh, and when I came here, I kind of got to show it off a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you, the caroms off the wall. I mean, you look like a, a regular old outfielder uh, that can play oh, yeah. major leagues. I mean, what's, what's that kind of like? It feels good. It feels like I was always uh, supposed to be doing something with baseball. Because yeah. I know, well, my dad played professionally in Mexico. Okay. So it's kind of in your blood yeah. to still want to play and have that passion to keep going for it. So when I got this opportunity just to play in this position, I didn't have a glove to start off with. Yeah. Chris Bryant hit a really hard one down the line that almost yeah. took my finger off when I tried to barehand it. So I said, I'm going to wear a glove. I'm going to prevent any ball going from to the, to the outfield. And ever since then, I've been making these kind of plays that JD and Boog have seen but it wasn't until Wednesday that it really exploded. Have you gone back and seen all the highlights that Boog and JD were saying? Um, oh yeah, most of them, yes. Uh, that game I have not watched yet. Is it what, superstition or is it what, what's, why don't you want to watch it? Uh, the schedule has been kind of rough. Sure. I also kind of want to go through it fully. Yeah. Uh, watch with my girl so we can actually go through the experience because she was actually watching the game yeah. As they were announcing me. What's her reaction when she's watching it? Is she texting you? What's that like? She was at, there's actually a video of her texting me, uh -huh. me answering it, and her uh, having a reaction. She watched herself get answered on live TV. That's really, really She cool. was at Murphy's, and they were all giving her crap about, is that, do you know him? Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's 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 my boyfriend. Yeah. That's hysterical. Oh, yeah. uh, what about your parents? I mean, you mentioned your dad. Who's a, what have they kind of... How have they kind of taken the, the, the stardom that you've gotten? My parents are very supportive. Uh, they try to watch as much as they can. Uh -huh. They like to watch Miguel Esparza's uh, Spanish yeah. broadcast. And uh, every time she sees me, she really, uh, it's always supportive. It's all love. Yeah. Uh, they don't expect much from me. They're just happy that I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, and that's the best part. Yeah, and have you gotten? You got to get them shirts, right? Like, is that the next step? They're already in, in order. They're already, in the They're already on the way. That's really. really I'm gonna awesome. surprise them when they get home from vacation. Okay, so you mentioned you grew up playing baseball. What yeah. position were you playing? Um, what was your favorite position to play? Third base, okay. easily. Third base, second base. Pitched a little bit, obviously, when you're a kid. Yeah. Uh, I didn't play the outfield much at all. The hot corner was where it's at. Yeah. Because you got to cut off the shortstop if it was a close play. You got to dive down the line. 
And uh, that's probably the most exciting position, I think. Yeah. Well, here, being in this position, I mean, we're on the left field line. If it's you're a natural it, fit, yeah. I mean, a lot of those are quick reactions anyway. Yeah. If it's a foul ball, you got to... You got to have that quick reaction, right? And Patrick, yeah, Patrick Wisdom hits him hard down here. Yeah. Wilson Contreras, uh, some of the guys from last season, like Javi and Chris, hit him hard. Schwindel, too. I mean, it's going to be a, a whole new group that I have to get used to yeah. playing off the wall on. And it's going to be exciting to see. Yeah, what's your favorite? I mean, obviously, this whole week has probably been intense and crazy. But what's been your favorite interaction doing this job? I mean, I'm sure there's been probably cool, cool, react, cool uh, interactions. Anytime uh, there's a kid. That doesn't uh, that recognize me from TV says we watch you on the Marquee Network. Yeah. It's very humbling because I'm only here just to just to put in a hard day's work, yeah. and for people to come out of from Oklahoma or Utah or just from the suburbs and say they appreciate what you do, for even those little glimpses, it's uh, it goes a long way to hear something like that, and it reassures me why I came here and yeah. why I started working for the Cubs. How how active are you on social media? Like how. Like, how much are you engaging with the tweets and the Instagram posts and everything that you're seeing about yourself? The tweets? I don't have Twitter. Okay. Uh, my girlfriend Kayla has the Twitter, so we get to see it through there. And then Facebook and Instagram I have. Facebook is my main because I can get my coworkers on there. Sure. A lot of people see the active posts from, uh, like, Cubs and Marquee when they post in obvious shirts when they have yeah. the memes. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's every single day there's something new. Yeah. Like, even today there's something else going on. Yeah. Yesterday when I wasn't here, they were somehow calling my name. Yeah. For the national broadcast, so I'm not gonna get used to it. Yeah. I keep telling everyone I'm not gonna get used to the attention or the being called famous, Fabian, or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Are we gonna? You know, we gotta see if we're gonna get the All Star call, right? I mean, if we, if you gotta do the uh, the All Star game, I think we got the number one ball boy, right? I think it'll be more exciting. More people are gonna watch. Yeah. And if I can bring uh, Nick and my supervisor Paco to complete that left side. Yeah. That'd be pretty uh, great for all of us, really. I think fans are gonna be really excited to see something like that. What's been, if you could, you know, sum up the last week or so in one word, uh, what, what, what would that one word be? <sighs> amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Without this job, without the people, my coworkers, the people that work in front of me, the G general service, uh, sorry, the GSAs, the security, uh, I wouldn't even be able to do my job as comfortably as I can without them. So it's an amazing experience just to be here, and uh, I'm grateful, really. Yeah, the summer of Fabian will continue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, that's what we, I think that's a new name for it, right? The summer of Fabian. Uh, what are you what What are you looking forward to the, the rest of the season, and uh, what do you What do you uh, hope to see, you know, from from the Cubs or from what you can do and with, with fans? Well, from the Cubs' point of view, uh, I'm always a fan first, right? And the old saying is, we always got to believe. Yeah. So I haven't given up. I won't give up on the seam. I know what they've got, and I know how many wins or how much they can win. So I look forward to a great season, a competitive one. It's a lot of close games. Yeah. They're not losing by a lot. And they're sticking in there. Even tonight, they had the game in hand, and, you know, that's how baseball works sometimes. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to a great season from these guys. A lot of cool young guys that talk to us, interact with us when we don't expect it. So... I couldn't be happier. Yeah, we gotta get uh, we gotta get Rawlings on the phone. We gotta get that gold. The gold on the uh, yeah yeah. Gold glove ball boy. Uh, Appreciate that. You know, Fabian, thank you so much for the time. Thank you, Andy. It's been an honor for to have you on the on the Cubs Weekly podcast, and Sweet. look forward to seeing you all over the broadcast because I'm sure it won't be the last we see of you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Really fun, Andy. I'll start with you and just kind of you know getting the chance to talk to him and and what you were thinking throughout the interview as uh, you were able to catch up with him. 
Uh, yeah, I thought the, the biggest takeaway for me was just a guy who decided to follow his dreams, right? He mentioned uh, he, you know, he was working on the on the BNSF trains and and was making good money, but working overnight. And he said, you know, I want to, I'm not happy here. I want to do something. I, I love the Cubs. I love baseball. I want to do something that excites me. And and this is his this is his job that he loves to do. Uh, just a passionate Cubs fan, a passionate uh, baseball fan, runs in his family. I mean, it was just so awesome to get kind of get to to hear about him and, and his uh, Fabian is an all-star uh, obvious shirt that's uh, <laughs> yeah. that's becoming viral. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, this whole story was so awesome, like wholesome in so many different regards. Like there were so many different aspects of it that I love. Like first off for, you know, Taylor McGregor to like be talking to Rafa Ortega about it and to like go down that route and really start this off, I thought was so cool. And then Boog and JD breaking it down in the game. And I love JD's comment um, that like, you can tell Fabian is just really in a zone right now. Like he's feeling very confident about everything that he's doing. <laughs> I love the I like real that. comments. Totally. totally. Exactly. They, they were like breaking it down as if, you know, he's really a left fielder. Um, and then, you know, joking with Ian Happ in the clubhouse after that game. And, and he's like, Oh, I know Fabian. Like they all know and love Fabian. So, and then, yeah, the next day, you know, after he goes viral, you go to the ballpark and like Andy just said, there are Fabian is an all-star t-shirt, several of them around signs, people holding up signs, people shouting at Fabian from like on the concourse. We were in the middle of BP. Fabian's down there. He was letting us in that day as, as the security guy in media. And, uh, people are walking along the concourse like Fabian. Hey. And they're like waving at him. And like, he was more popular literally than the players that were behind him in, in that moment, in those hours. And uh, he was just a really nice, gracious person. I mean, he was thanking all the media members who tweeted about him or, you know, wrote stories. And um, he was just, he was enjoying it. And it certainly, I mean, I don't know the guy too well, Andy, you talked to him, but like certainly didn't seem like it was going to his head at all. It was just this really cool moment. I thought. Um, and, and that, the power of Wrigley is like what yeah. and this Cubs fan base is to turn yeah. something like that into this viral sensation that we all can get behind. Totally. And I think too, what sticks out to me when you talk about your interview with him and then how I interviewed Mira earlier, you have roles part of the Cubs organization that are so unique and what drives all of this is the passion, like the love for the game, the love for everything. And so I think it's really cool on this week's podcast that we can talk to people. And if someone's listening and they're even like, Hey, maybe I want to do something like this yeah. because it's always the players on the ball field that stick out and the big, you know, names and faces. And it's the, you know, not even any more behind the scenes, right? Because we see Mira on the field, whether we know it or not, whether we're registering it. And now we know baby you know, he's becoming a bigger name. Um, so I think it's really cool this week that uh, we can, you know, have people like that on and, and, you know, hopefully they can really inspire people. You know, there's a lot of jobs out there and they can kind of give you a look at uh, what you can make of it. And when you make the best of a situation, because Fabian just always out there, right? Like working hard, just trying to do his job to the best of his ability and look where it gets him. So it was, it's been really fun to watch. Uh, finally, as we wrap up the pod, Tony, I'll start with you just kind of way uh, we're kind of just always going to wrap up with storylines, takeaways from the week or anything moving forward that you are looking forward to. Yeah. So I'm going to stick with the Wrigley theme and I'm going to go with uh, Boston Red Sox rookie pitcher, Josh Winkowski. Um, the guy for some reason decided to drag one of the <laughs> best stadiums in baseball. Uh, just this iconic stadium really did understand that. Um, but to be honest, I loved it because I loved the fan reaction after it. And you know, and I just think that <laughs> it was also just so weird. I mean, he had made he's made five starts in the big leagues, three at Fenway, one in Cleveland and now one at Wrigley. 
Like, I don't get, he just wanted to stir people up for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know the guy or anything at all, but like, how, if you're five starts in, in the big leagues, are you not just like, Oh my God, I got to pitch at Wrigley. I'm so happy to be here. Like my Fenway park is my home now in my second road start ever is at Wrigley. Like, I'm just like pinch me, you know, it would be like pinch me moments. Like just so happy to be here. Instead. He's like, ah, it's just stock standard. I didn't really like it that much. And I'm like, that's incredible. I couldn't believe he said that it created content for us. Andy, I know you wrote a great story about observations from the weekend. Like I loved it because of that, you know, because it, it created content. It created a, this like galvanizing force for Cubs fans to get behind. Like, Hey, look at this guy. He's saying something really silly for no reason. Like that. I enjoyed that part of it. Uh, but I definitely have no clue where Josh is coming from. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm right there with you. I was uh, I was totally confused, especially the I mean, this past weekend against Boston was probably the most electrifying I've I've seen Wrigley this season, um, and maybe you know in the last two years, maybe outside of the reopening day um, uh, last year when when you know full capacity crowds finally returned. But the, I mean that environment this weekend was was buzzing. You would have thought it was late September in a pennant chase, just how the crowd was into every single pitch and every single inning. Uh, but my key takeaway from the last week, I'm actually going a little more on the field. I was super impressed with the uh, performances of Mark Leiter and, and Mark Leiter Jr. Shoot me and Adrian Sampson, uh, especially, you know, Leiter's performance, uh, the second game of the series, you know, Alec Mills goes out after seven pitches and you're thinking, oh man, you got to get 26 hours with the bullpen. Uh, you're in the midst of a stretch with really no days off for a while. And for Mark Leiter to pitch as well as he did and, and really, you know, give the chance. Up. Yeah. And, and to warm up on the field, yeah, yeah. full capacity crowd, 41,000 or whatever it was like, that was a, that was a heck of a performance or, or probably the, his best performance as a Cub and one of the best pitching performances this season, uh, given the circumstances for sure. Yeah. I think that uh, the pitching staff in general becomes exciting, especially when you're going to then throw in guys too, uh, like Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson, how they continue to produce. I thought the Wrigley field comments hilarious. Uh, like you said, it just was a comes out of nowhere. You're not thinking anyone's ever going to say that. I wonder too, if it was just like, you know, I don't even know if he knew everyone's reaction here in Chicago, but I don't yeah. know if he realized that like, you know, we love our Wrigley fields. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, take it easy. Um, but no, it was fun content. Uh, and for me, I'm going to say Suzuki. I love an inside the park home run. Uh, love seeing him back. And I think that it was just, uh, yeah, it was just that. It was just a fun moment and really important too. I mean, in that yeah. ball game, it was a needed run. It wasn't just kind of like um, a fun moment, but it was important for the game and the outcome. And I know that they ended up losing in extras, but obviously um, against a, a good pitcher um, who the Cubs can always have it to, anyone in baseball has a tough time getting to him. And so, um, yeah, that for me, I think is the highlight of this week. And I think more looking forward to seeing more of him now uh, in the lineup. So that will do it for this week's Cubs weekly podcast presented by Wintrust. Don't forget to download and subscribe to the pod on Spotify or Apple podcasts and check us out in video form on the Marquee Sports Network app and YouTube. For Tony and Drackey and Andy Martinez, guys, great to see you. Good stuff. We'll see you next week. Thank you.